This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. So how's it going? You know, it's going all right. I am full of feelings about this this one, but um, other than that, we're doing okay. How about you? Well, I... Um... Woke up this morning wanting to die. My throat hurts real bad, so I'm going to try to spend the day not coughing into the microphone. Yay! But I do have a mug of mint tea because Dr. Sarah is the best and everyone needs to get you one of them. Mm-hmm. So this morning I went to hot yoga. That sounds like a hot heart attack waiting to happen. No, actually it was a really great class, except my entire body hurts now. And, um, but afterwards they give you like nice cinnamon tea. Yum. And I felt so fancy driving home with my cinnamon tea. Can and I the just girl tell was you like, how proud I am? She was like, tea. I can tell you're out of practice, but you're actually like, you're really flexible. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say how proud I am of you for waking up early and going to hot yoga on a Sunday. Thank like, you. Cause I definitely didn't want to. I like, texted you all this morning. I was like, I need the strength. That's a real commitment to your 2020 goals of being better than you've ever been before. And you're already there. Hello. I also ran 10 miles this week. So that was a thing that happened too. Um, if I run 10 miles in a week, it's because I am in fact on the run. <laughs> yeah. I'm really proud of myself, but also I'm like, I'm going to have to like, I, I don't know if I could keep up this pace. So we'll see what happens. That's what I always I don't want to get burnt out. When yeah. I get back into my routine, I push myself really hard at first. And then in March, I'm like, I want to kill everybody. So I'm easing myself back into routine. Yes. So what are we doing right now? Uh, well, this is the point of the show where we just kind of catch each other up on our lives. Like we don't text. Wait, all what are you reading? Day. I am reading, ooh, last night I started this new book called um, No Truth Left to Tell. It's mm. one that a publisher sent me that I promised to review for my blog, pluckyreader.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took a hiatus on my blog. This is where I want to start. I took, I've been on hiatus since September. Um, and I just didn't know what I wanted to do with it anymore. I had two years of really successful blogging, like, Um, agents send me books and you know publicists send me books to review and and I have gotten to talk to some really cool people and do some really cool Mm -hmm. things but um for whatever reason I was not anymore fulfilled by my blog so I just took a step back to see what the issue was and I realized that I was writing all of these reviews like review after review after review and I started my blog so I could write not necessarily Mm -hmm. write reviews So I am getting back into it, but I am taking care of myself and writing the things I want to write instead of just writing reviews so that I can keep getting more free books, which really was the impetus for Mm -hmm. writing all these reviews. Well, I got my very first ARC earlier this month and it was like the happiest day of my life. Right? It's addicting. It is. And actually the book is really good and I'm super excited. I'm just going to review it on Goodreads. I don't have a blog or a bookstagram or anything, but I'm going to review it on Goodreads and all that and tag them like they asked and whatever but yeah i'm so, excited the one that i'm reading right now is called no truth left to tell and mm-hmm. it's um it's it has the, a hangman's news on the on uh-huh. the cover so it starts out in the 30s <laughs> i'm guessing it's it's a romance yes mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> the news is symbolic of when two people are knotted together in true love <laughs> 
Um, There's some symbolism there. (laughs) It starts out in the 30s and uh, a young black girl, she's like 13 or 14 from what I've gathered, um, leaves leaves where her dad told her to be because he had to run into the store and Mm -hmm. um, followed a crowd of people who were being ridiculous in the street. And she wanders up on... um, a noose hanging out of a tree with a black man in it. And it's a <gasps> no! big race riot in Louisiana. No. Yes. And so that's how the book opens. So, you know, it's going to be a like heart wrenching for the rest of the thing. So yeah. then it fast forwards to 1993 in this fictional town in Louisiana, where the mm-hmm. uh, KKK is starting up a new racial cleansing in the area. And it's going to yeah, be a let's real rough say no to the KKK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, um, the guy who wrote it is an attorney. And so I'm pretty excited to see where he takes this, but I can tell it's going to be a bumpy road. So I'm going to have to cut it with something sweet every so often. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm reading, um, right now, like like I said, I got my first arc and it is called St. X and it is about a girl. It starts off in her childhood. Um, she has like a much older sister and they go on vacation to this Island that's St. X and, her sister's murdered on the island. I remember like, while seeing they're the previews for this arc. Yes. And um, so then she, it's fast forwards to when she's an adult and she runs into one of the main suspects in New York City that was eventually cleared, but she thinks that he did it. So she starts like stalking him. And I don't know what's going to happen right now. I'm in the middle of it. That so. sounds really good. It is really good. I also like it's how really on good. brand these reads are for us. Uh, exactly (laughs) whoever like offered me that knew like oh this girl likes the crime stuff so i'm choosing to believe good on you you're getting arcs because of lifetime sentence and that this Mm. is your first step to lifetime sentence stardom (laughs) thank you one of my goals for 2020 is to draw a paycheck from this show not a big paycheck i didn't specify size just a paycheck paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) i think we'll get there if remind me after that we actually have business to talk about yes we do in a very good way so i'm excited um i almost just talked about it like in front of everybody like because sometimes i forget that people are listening it's a secret it's okay we'll edit it out and post um yeah no so it is it is just kidding i'm post i will not edit it (laughs) it is still funny to me that a year in i forget that people actually listen to us and that like i know somebody tweeted at us last earlier this week about the chris watts movie and i was like i don't know this person they listen to our show right so that was exciting right even like even our friends like our friend fran corrected my italian today well (laughs) yesterday but i took a I was not on Snapchat yesterday because I was busy dying. Um, well, she also said we bullied her in her in her dream. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's not far from the mark, though. We are bullies. Yeah, we are. Uh, and also, shout out to Lexia for um, for tweeting at us. Yes, shout out. Welcome we are excited. I am excited for that movie next week. I'm just gonna drag the fuck out of Chris Watts for however long I get to talk. Um, which means I won't be doing any research. It will be a two-hour show of Aaron ranting. We have built our show- <laughs> soapbox already. I will just be here for quips. Yes. <laughs> and I'll end by thanking you all for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Speaking of I'm just here for quips, this is Lifetime Sentence, and I'm yes. Paul. And I'm Aaron. And this week, I have feelings. 
that about this movie oh i thought you just went in general and i was like oh you've really come to a place Erin. Like, <laughs> like like you really are transcending in 2020 yeah. generally i have too many feelings i'm trying to tone down the feelings but this movie i started watching it and i was like i am never gonna like this lady and i'm always gonna feel sorry for this lady but then like halfway through they flipped the switch and I was like, wait, why am I relating to this person? And why do I hate this person? Uh-huh. Like, oh, it's the worst. So just so you know, this story has no good guys. The story has no good guys and lots of victims. Yeah, lots of victims, no good guys. It's just awful. So we're going to bring it way down now. This week I watched Stolen by My Mother. The Kamaya Mobley story. It was written and I think written and produced, if I'm correct. That's what I gathered. By Robin Roberts. Um, um, Niecy Nash was the co producer. Niecy Nash stars in it. She plays Gloria. She is from Claws, which is a show on TNT about a nail salon that launders money, I think. That sounds really good, actually. Yeah. And Reno 911. Which oh. is always, yeah. yeah she I was in Reno Night One. Yeah. Um, and then we have Shannara, who, or no, I'm sorry. Taronda Jones. Sorry, I'm out of order because I couldn't find any of these people on IMDb. It's y'all. Just, the IMDb for this movie is a hot mess. Just, um, I would like it to go down. Mark today in history, January nineteenth, twenty twenty. Aaron asked me for help finding the cast, and I already knew who it was. You knew who one was. I knew. Well, I knew Taronda was in there. I just couldn't remember like what her name was. I had to Google it. Taronda Jones. She plays Shannara, who is um, the birth mother of Kamaya. She is from Empire. She plays Portia. She's apparently a very uh, polarizing character on that show, too. So she's two for two. I never watched Empire. Did you? Uh, I didn't, but I hear it's like so, so good. I just never, I don't have time to commit to like a full series. And I know that I would have to with this one. Right. And then we have Raven Simone Farrell. I was so excited when I read that it was Raven Simone the first time. And then it was not that so Raven Raven. (laughs) Um, She is, she plays Kamaya slash Alexis. And I'll get into that in a second. Um, but she was in The Hate You Give. Such a good book. I have not read it yet. It is on my ever-growing list of to-be-reads, but I've heard it's incredible. I recommend it move its way up to at least top five position. Okay. Good to know. So um, we open in July of 2014. Um, a girl is knocking on a guy's door. He opens it. She comes inside, sits down all distraught. She tells the guy she thought she knew exactly who she was, but now she finds out she doesn't have a damn clue. She keeps repeating how messed up everything is, but when he asks if she wants to talk about it, she emphatically says no. And I forgot to cover this, so this girl, her birth name is Kamaya. Her mother, or I'm sorry, the kidnapper who took her renamed her Alexis. I call her Kamaya through this whole story because 
it's there's already like so much happening right it's too much to switch back and forth and i even watched a little documentary at the end and to see if she preferred one or the other because then i would have just called her that but she says she doesn't she just like her family in south carolina calls her um alexis and her family in florida calls her kamaya and she just lets them do that which is really interesting because the um, the articles that I read out of Florida by the investigative reporter who followed this case said that she prefers to call herself Lexi or Alexis. Yeah, they didn't. She's like, this was in her interview with Robin Roberts. She said she doesn't care because Robin Roberts was like, what do I call you? And she said, oh, whatever you want. I was like, girl. <laughs> um, anyway, so cut to Gloria driving. We flash back to her pregnancy um, and Kamaya voices over how excited everyone was for Gloria's pregnancy especially her boyfriend, Charles, who tells her, quote, a man ain't a man until he has a child of his own. Oh, yeah. I remember learning that, you know, just in life. Everyone knows that. No, no. A man isn't a man until he learns proper sentence structure. Nah. <laughs> I mean, if that's what we're waiting for, then there are only like seven men in America. Hashtag am I right, though? I mean, did you see our conversation last night about how all men are canceled? Yes. Yeah. So. In fact, I was with Sarah. Except you. We did not cancel you. Right. I saw that. <laughs> I was with Sarah and my phone was blowing up and all that. And I picked up the mm-hmm. phone and I went, I don't know what the fuck just happened, but they're mad at all men. And she <laughs> was like, well, what happened? So I was scrolling back and I was like, honestly, I can't even see the start of it. So we're just going to assume that it's just like general, we hate all men, which is a thing. And that's okay. No, it was because um, Fran finished um oh the know my name yeah. mm-hmm. which by the way is an excellent book definitely read it it's so good um and then we cut to gloria having a miscarriage hooray it's a little too graphic for me yeah i'm not a i like i'm not a fan of them showing it just because it would be so hard for me to yeah. even watch and i don't As have someone to- who's had one uh, mm, yeah. eh, I'm gonna pass I, yeah. say, I, I will never be in a position to experience that firsthand so mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it's like for someone who has or will you yeah. know like and they didn't even show a ton but still it was too much um Kamaya voiceovers that Gloria just kept what looks like a late term miscarriage a secret which seems dangerous for your health um your, do- your wife's a doctor you can ask her And she pretended to still be pregnant. So while putting her stuff in the car one day, Charles comes out and starts manhandling all over her about when the baby's going to come. And she promises, and he promises it's going to make a whole new man out of him. Spoiler alert. It won't. It doesn't. (laughs) Uh, So Gloria is just driving down this road. I guess she parks because we see her walk into a hospital. She goes to stare at the babies in the nursery and then walks around the maternity ward. She happens upon a woman holding a newborn in her hospital bed. Gloria tells her how beautiful the baby is and the woman who is Shannara says thank you and says the baby's name is Kamaya. Gloria tells her she can see how tired she is and why doesn't she just give the baby to her for a few minutes? Gloria holds the baby and then she helps Shannara change into a clean hospital gown and then tucks her back into bed. She gives her advice about breastfeeding. And I don't know what, what it is about this part in particular, which seems like especially heinous, but it does. 
Oh, it's yeah. like you're about to walk up out of this hospital with this woman's baby and you're giving her breastfeeding advice and helping her change her clothes. Like, oh, it's awful. I wish this weren't real. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, yeah. This movie was pretty spot on. Yeah. It seems like. Um, I think they worked very closely with everybody. I don't, um, <clears throat> So she says, Gloria says she's got, she needs to take the baby's temperature. So she's going to pop down to the nursery and then bring her right back. She picks up her purse. And this is where, for me, the first red flag would have been like, bing. Because what nurse carries her purse around with her? That is a red flag that went off. Because that's not in my notes. So I'll say it now. That is a red flag that went off for Kamaya's grandmother. Her mm-hmm. So her maternal grandmother did not come to the hospital. But her paternal grandmother did. And so mm-hmm. Velma was out there. And that was something she noted. Like, who the what kind of nurse carries yeah. her purse around? Well, and see, this shows that they stay pretty close on track. Because Gloria's on her way out the door. But um, Kamaya's grandmother comes in and wants to see her grandbaby. As she should. Um, Gloria shows her, but then so she really needs to go take her to the nursery. So she rushes off to a place where the camera shows is very much not the nursery. <laughs> it's I like nursery this way. And then she takes a hard right. <laughs> <laughs> it's toward the sign that says not nursery. Yeah, not nursery. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Some time must pass because we see Shannara call down to the nursery to get a status update. And this is when they discover that the baby is missing. Meanwhile, at the Duval County Jail, or later, not meanwhile, um, they bring Shannara's boyfriend, Craig, down the hall to talk to the chaplain, who tells him that Shannara had a baby girl. And he's like, yes, that's awesome. Why does everybody look so mad? (laughs) Oh, no. And then he's like, oh, but spoiler alert, like, your baby's missing. Um, he completely loses his shit like anybody would. He takes like three cops to like hold him down. Um, meanwhile, Gloria drives and listens to the news. They interview poor Shannara. I hope this wasn't real, but I'm pretty sure it was. Because I'm pretty sure they showed it. Uh, Shannara, she's like, this girl is 15 years old. Her baby's been kidnapped. And they're sticking a microphone in her face. Oh, yeah. It's real. And she's begging them to, to bring her. It's awful she's just given birth like you know how many hormones are in her body right now it's insane yep so gloria arrives home with the baby and everyone just kind of glosses over the fact that she didn't call anyone or tell anyone she was in labor because that's normal yeah that's casual she just I mean, like slipped off into third. a field and had the baby it was the third baby you don't have to make like fanfare over the third baby right Sure, sure, sure. Her cousin slash friend slash someone asks if she's told Charles about the baby. And Gloria kind of waves it off. She's like, oh, somebody will tell him. And then she says my favorite line of this whole movie. I can't wait. She says, quote, you know how it is for most men, though. They don't feel like a baby is real until she can fetch him his slippers. (laughs) Okay. And I was like, uh, do better, men. <laughs> uh, we flash forward to 18 months later. Um, Kamaya, I put here who Gloria has named Alexis, and Gloria are playing on the couch. And a news story comes on about the kidnapping. The FBI man promises the kidnapper the, through the camera that they are going to find her. They show Craig giving an interview about how everyone thought they were, even though, 
even though they were cleared by the police, he still feels like people are suspicious of them, like thinking they kidnapped their own child, even though 18 months later, she's still gone. Right. Um, they interview Shannara, who says she just wants her baby back. Um, later, Gloria comes home from the grocery store and finds that dad of the year, Charles, has placed the baby's playpen next to a fan with no cover around the blades while he plays cards with his friends. I mean, Which everyone, that's what you do with babies. You let them get their hands like right up in there because then they won't do it ever again. Right, exactly. Because they won't have any hands. Right. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with this. All she wanted to do was cry into the fan blade so it made the robot voice. That's all she wanted. <laughs> um, Gloria yells at Charles for being terrible. He slams his hands on the table, stands up and says, don't you talk to me like that. So she throws him and all of his friends out. She's over it, so am I, and they're done. We get a voiceover while a scrapbook of Kamaya's life is shown. She said her mom shows showered her with attention, especially since she lost custody of her other children. Yeah, but that's Kamaya, But Kamaya always felt blessed. And we cut to teenage Kamaya and Gloria in church. And this church is the most color-coordinated church I've ever seen. Everyone is wearing a different shade of blue, but they all kind of match. Maybe it's Easter or something. Maybe there's an event. It's not Easter. I was hoping. There is a picnic afterwards, but I but I'm like, why are you no the congregation, the choir, the pastor, everyone is wearing like these lovely shades of blue that all kind of blend together. I love that. It's very cute. Coordinating churches twenty twenty. That's my mm -hmm. new stance. <clears throat> you may not love this. <laughs> Gloria, I fucks the soloist while he sings. <laughs> Listen, I met my wife at church. Well, I personally try to keep it in my pants until I'm outside the house of the Lord, but I to mean, each their own. God sees it, no matter where you <laughs> are. <laughs> I'm going straight to hell after this conversation. The pastor, who is a woman, yes, like steps forward to single out a volunteer who helps them so much. And of course, it's Gloria. Everyone claps, and the soloist under his breath says, Amen. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is so disappointed right now. <laughs> Have you seen those memes where it says something ridiculous, and then it says, like, God has left the conversation? <laughs> Jesus has left the chat, yes. Um, they run down all the volunteer work she does, which is actually impressive. Um, later at the church picnic, so Lewis comes up and talks to Gloria and my God, his speaking voice, like maybe they should just fuck in church. It's fine. Um, he introduces himself. His name is Oski. Which okay. is a thing. That's actually his nickname. I know. Well, yeah, she said, he said his whole name, but I can't say it. So. <laughs> uh -huh. I have it written down somewhere and I will stumble over it. Kamaya stands next to another girl and they watch the scene very unhappily together. The girl introduces herself and says from the looks of them, her, their parents, they're probably going to have to get along and like each other. Kamaya voiceovers that she'd always wanted an older sister, but Erica really intimidated her. And we cut to Oski meeting the parents. They go to Gloria's parents' house and pause in the entryway to make out a little. And I was like, good lord. Like, not in front of your parents. There is a line. And in our edit of the week. Oh, man, it's they, early. Before they even shake hands, 
We cut to a wedding photo of Gloria and Oski on the mantle while Erica moves her stuff into the house. Well, the there bathroom. you go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then we cut again to Gloria picking up kids' toys off the floor. Um, somewhere in here, Erica has had a baby. We find this out because Gloria and Oski are fighting about how Erica thinks that Gloria expects more from her than she expects from Kamaya. And Gloria's like, yeah, she's older and she has a baby. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Oski calls Kamaya spoiled. Kamaya and Erica are listening from the stairs like you do. Um, later, they have a family gathering where they all dance and eat a lot of food and joke about cake. And it looks kind of fun. Um, Oski asks Gloria about the promotion she's been interviewing for. And Gloria says she didn't get it because she doesn't have a college degree. So she's going back to school. She asks Oski if he's okay with it, and he thinks it over a little before saying, well, I guess I have a college sweetheart now. Ooh, uh. They kiss and everyone rolls their eyes. Like, they're clearly that couple. Great, great. <laughs> um, Kamaya voiceovers that she had no idea the good times would end so soon. And we cut to a courtroom. We like to call that foreshadowing in the world of literature. Mm-hmm. Um, we pan around and see Gloria is on trial. There's a million cameras. Um, Shannara and Craig are there. Kamaya is there. And then we cut back to Gloria and Kamaya shopping together. What is she on trial for? Bank robbery? Yes. Thought so. Mm. It's Kamaya's 16th birthday. So they're going for, quote, lunch and retail therapy, which I could go for a little bit of both right now. Let's go. Um, we'll just pause mm, this thing. Okay. Bye. Um... Over in Jacksonville, Shannara has a cake and Kamaya voiceovers that Shannara celebrated Kamaya's birthday every year with a cake. And every year she saved a piece for her in the freezer. She did. It's so sad. It's awful. But don't worry. It gets worse. <laughs> Gloria and Kamaya are at lunch. They ask a very pregnant waitress who they know. There's not just like a random lady. Um, which I don't know why I feel like I need to say that, except for what happens next. They ask her when the baby is going to ha- come already and whether she's just going to have it on the floor of the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you ever asked that? Like, no, listen, the only time it's ever acceptable to ask a stranger when she's having a baby, like when her baby is due, is if you can physically see the baby exiting her body at that moment this is a conversation i have to have all the time men are never allowed to ask like even their wife they're not allowed to ask if they're pregnant or like when the babies you do Mm -hmm. not acknowledge that babies exist in a woman um like if the head is out you compliment her (laughs) shoes like that's that's where we are i had to explain or me and my other coworkers had to explain to our coworker this week that when he watches his own children while his wife is out it's not called babysitting it's just called being a dad it's called parenting yeah that's like the conversation y'all were having last night about daddy daughter dates and i was like i was like you mean just being a parent like yes spending time with your child it's not a date okay i will go off on another tirade i don't want to <sighs> So Kamaya, she says it's her last week on the job. So Kamaya pops up and asks if she can have her job. And the girl's like, I'll just go ask the manager. And that is not how job interviews work. It did for her. Uh, Apparently. Until it didn't. Uh, 
Gloria's like, uh, you're great, but she's, uh, Kamaya begs and the waitress comes back and says she can totally have the job. So Gloria agrees. Then the waitress drops the bomb that she needs her social security card before she can start. And Gloria knows she's royally fucked. So they get in the car and Kamaya is celebrating, um, seeing this little song that they sing together. It's very cute. I'll get to it at the end. Um, but Gloria is freaking out. She tells Kamaya that she can't have a job. And not just that job, but any job. Kamaya pushes back. She's like, why? Like, what is wrong? And Gloria says, I need to tell you something. I did something really bad. Um, Kamaya's like, mom, you're totally freaking me out. And we cut back to the courtroom. Shannara is on the stand talking about finding out she was pregnant and how she felt she finally had a reason to straighten up. And listen... I want to believe this narrative that she was so overjoyed with her pregnancy, but she was 15. Right. I don't totally buy that she was just so happy immediately. I don't buy that she was happy. However, I do believe the narrative that she found a reason to straighten up. To I do believe her, that. Like to, to give birth to a healthy child, at least, you know? I believe that, but I don't believe that she found out she was pregnant at 15 years old and told her boyfriend who was what, like 19, right? Um, he was 20. So some reports say 19, but the, um, the podcast I listened to that was by like the Uh investigative journalist who covered everything. She said he was 22 when the baby was born. So he would have been 21. 21. So, but even like, even then she didn't, her 15, she, her, she's 15. He's 21. She didn't like tell him. And he was like, yes, like that's just what I wanted. I'm sorry. They just. Right. Not possible. It seems improbable for sure. Yes. And so. We cut back to the car and Gloria tells Kamaya that she stole her. Um, Kamaya's like, the fuck? What? Like, um, she starts to freak out. She's asked if anybody knows. And Gloria says, no, like not even Oski knows. But she's like, I guess I'm going to have to tell him now. And Kamaya's like, why don't you go do that? And then she gets out of the car and runs away. Uh-uh. Fair. And we see the... I mean- yeah i mean she's 16 like yeah you have big emotions I mean, that, at 16 that's a pretty small that's a pretty small reaction to something like that honestly right. even if i found that out at like 30 25 okay let's be for real though if either of us found that at 25 that our family wasn't our family we would have very mixed emotions for several reasons yeah that's true <laughs> i'm just saying i would be pissed if my Did, mother came to me to that long, and yes. Well, that's a whole other issue as well. But if my <laughs> if my mother came to me and said, I stole you, I'd be like, the fuck? What? I'd be so pissed. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I knew there was a normal family out there looking for me. I knew it. <laughs> um, we see the opening scene again where Except, she goes to the guy's house. Let's mm. be for real. You're in my luck. It would not be a normal family. We would be with the better option. (laughs) At least at that point, I'm an adult. Right. Just talk to nobody. 25 years old. Mm -hmm. So she goes to the guy's house and she's like crying on his shoulder, but then they kiss. And Kamaya voiceovers that she needed someone to lean on and he was always there for her. And this was the night they became more than friends. Way more. Oh, I see. They became gamers. Yeah. While on screen, they smoke weed and hook up. 
Oh, that's not what gamers do. I mean, sometimes, but that's not what I thought you meant. Gloria is not having a good afternoon, meanwhile. She confesses to Oski, who, again, rightfully freaks the fuck out. And they... um, Hold on. Oh, and Gloria says, like, she's going to turn herself in. But okay. Justice come and so Kamaya comes in just then, and she begs her not to. She's like, "I don't care about that other family. I, you're my mom. Like, I just want to like be with you." And so they start arguing, and Oski steps in, and Gloria, and says, "Gloria is his wife. He vowed for better or for worse. He's sticking by her because he loves her." They all three hug, and the voiceover says that this is where they made a silent pact that they would all live with the secret and hope for the best. Um, I it doesn't go well. I think that's ill advised. Mm. Okay, Gloria and Kamaya are working on their homework together because they're both in school, you know. And Kamaya voiceovers that she was wondering how her mother was able to kidnap her. And we cut to her and boyfriend skipping school to get high. Gloria catches them and chews Kamaya out, but she says she has to get high to forget that her mom stole her. So she's like, well, I mean, I can't really argue with that. <laughs> but then she makes her sit down on the bench and pray to deliver her family from this mistake she's made. Kamaya starts watching YouTube videos of news coverage of her kidnapping, as well as Facebook stalking her birth parents, like you do. Right. Um she gets their information and calls but chickens out and hangs up unfortunately she did not block her number first <laughs> so shanara has her number on caller id um later kamaya is up eating cereal and her stepsister comes down and asks if she's doing okay kamaya tells her she can't work even though the fuck um man lifetime got some big language this week no, like something just fell on me. Uh, hopefully it's not a bug. Not a bug 2020. Okay. <sighs> she can't work. She can't work even though she really wants to because she doesn't have a social security card, et cetera, et cetera. And the steps are just like, oh, like, um, were you adopted? Like, do you just not know the information? And she was like, no. And she's all cagey about it. But the steps promises not to tell if she spills the beans. So Kamaya tells her that she was kidnapped. They cry and hug and Erica's like, because she has a baby now. And she's like, I don't know what I would do if somebody stole my baby. Right. It's Kamaya's 18th birthday. So um, Shannara makes her, her cake. And then for whatever reason, picks up the phone and redials the number from her caller ID that night. Kamaya answers and her mother says, happy birthday. But she just says, why do you think it's my birthday? And hangs up. But it was after a dramatic long pause, so... I don't know of any truth to this conversation. That did not come up in my research, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. The mom, Shannara, bursts into tears and calls Craig and we cut to the Florida State Police walking up to the stepsister in a park and asking if they can ask her some questions. Back on the stand, the mother is, or Shannara is testifying. I'm sorry, for a while I didn't know her name. And so I, I went back and I thought I changed everything, but I didn't. Um, so back on the stand, Shannara is testifying. It's horrifying and heartbreaking. 
It's really terrible. Yeah, I think I'm too busy to watch that one. We cut back and forth to Kamaya and Gloria talking when she's you know, when she kidnapped the baby. Oh no. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We cut back and forth to Kamaya and Gloria talking. Um, they're on a walk in the park, and Kamaya's like, You just need to go on the run. But Gloria says no, like she can't do that. So she confesses to her parents and they hire her an attorney. Kamaya and Gloria go on a walk again and talk about how much they love each other. Gloria tells her to go stay at her boyfriend's house and the next morning she'll make a big breakfast. But she definitely won't because the next morning 30 cop cars come screaming into her driveway and arrest her. 30 seems a little excessive. It really was. They like broke down her door with a battering ram. And I was like, it's literally just her inside. <laughs> that, it just seemed a lot. Did I ever tell you about the time that officers surprised appeared at my house in college? No. So my roommate was working two jobs and going to school full time and he fell asleep at the wheel on the way home. Uh-huh. And um, he woke up with his car in the ditch by the courthouse there wasn't really any well no i almost lied to you his airbags deployed so he'd hit something but there right. wasn't really any damage and he wasn't hurt he just hit it just right to make the airbags deploy mm-hmm. so um he gets the car back home and i'm in my room like doing homework and the cops pound on my door like we are in our bathrooms cooking meth right now like <laughs> I was so pissed at the way they dealt with things. And then whenever um, I opened the door, I was like, can I help you? And they're like, we need in right now. And I, I know this is going to surprise you, but I'm defiant AF. I know. No. I know. Right. Not me. And I was like, no, sir, that's not how this works. And they got, do you have a warrant? They got real pissed. They said, we need in right now. And I said, at this point, sir, you're going to need a warrant. Had you asked mm-hmm. nicely, this would have been a different conversation. And he was like, do you know who you're messing with? And I said, mm-hmm. my dad wasn't cop for 10 years. I'm well aware who I'm dealing with. You can take your complex elsewhere and come back with a warrant. <laughs> so then my roommate came and just let him in. He was like, they're here for me. It's okay. But <laughs> You're like, man, I had a whole thing going. Right? Like, I was taking out my anger at my father. Thank you. Why you got to yuck my yum? <laughs> Anyway, I just thought of, like, the the battery rail felt like the night that they just, like, pounded on my door. It was too excessive. Well, speaking of too excessive, they then break into her boyfriend's house to get to her. No. Like, they just come smashing through the windows. I was like, that doesn't seem legal, but who am I to judge, I guess? They have one of those magic warrants that just says whatever (laughs) the fuck you want to do. It was so weird. Um... The main detective tells Kamaya that he knows that she didn't do anything wrong. She was just raised by the wrong family. And Kamaya is like, you watch your mouth. That's, I was like, damn. <laughs> that's also not the way to approach this situation, officer. No. Um, they take Kamaya to see Gloria. Um, she tells the agent she doesn't want her mom to be in prison. She doesn't want to meet a new family. She doesn't want any of this. Um. Gloria tells her to be kind to her new family and that they have waited a long time for her and to think of them as a bonus family. All they can do is give her more love, which was kind of sweet, right. but also hmm. 
her cousins take care of her, find her an attorney, keep her away from the press, etc. Her attorney makes her promise not to do anything he doesn't clear for her first. Kamaya says she just wants a job, and he says it will take a little while to get her quote, and I just hated this. It made me so mad. Social security card. No! I was like, come on now. She meets her birth parents, and it's awkward. Um, Kamaya, her boyfriend, and her grandparents watch Kamaya giving an interview on the news, and here's where everything goes way south. Because it was already looking up. Yeah. Um, Kamaya, in this in this story, says she loves her mom, but she's giving her biological family a chance. Shannara sees this and drops her fucking basket. She calls Kamaya and chews her out, saying that Kamaya belongs to her and that she shouldn't even be talking to Gloria. Ooh, yikes. Kamaya apologizes and says she didn't want to hurt her. She says she's still going to come down and visit with them. And they can work on a relationship, but as of right now, she's not ready to do what they're asking of her. And we cut to them in her visit. They throw her, like, a party in a club, and I was like, that seems weird. Nah. Whatever. Um, but, I mean, it was, like, it was nice. It was, like, had band. It was cute, but I was still like, mm, I don't know. Her dad asks when she's going to move down. She kind of brushes him off and says, oh, I'm a country mouse. And he says he knows that she has a life up in South Carolina, but he there are plenty of good opportunities for her in Florida. Back at Shannara's house, things are going okay, but then Gloria calls while they're eating dinner. She doesn't answer the phone, but Shannara again goes a little nuts and says that she has to choose one of them. She can't have them both. Shannara, please. I know. Kamaya says she can't stop loving her mom just because the birth mom, or just because Shannara wants Kamaya to love her instead. Um, she says she doesn't want her to talk to oh Shannara says she doesn't want her to talk to Gloria anymore and if she needs to she'll get a court order cutting off contact so Kamaya's like yeah I'm leaving and she leaves yeah also you can't do that because she's 18 yeah like you can't get a court order for somebody else Mm-mm. Um, Kamaya goes to visit Gloria they're discussing a plea deal Kamaya doesn't want her to take the plea deal because she'll be in prison for 12 to 25 years but she takes it because 12 to 25 years is better than life with no parole. So, right. Um, Kamaya goes to visit her attorney and express how stressed out she is. He explains that even though Gloria raised her well, kidnapping is a very serious crime. So the judge can't just slap her on the wrist and let her go. Um, and so we cut to the hearing, which I'm very confused by just hearing. Cause there's like witnesses being called and stuff. And I'm like, didn't she take a plea deal? Doesn't that skip all of this? I think for a sentencing that they still have to have some of this, but I don't know because they were witnesses in the actual case too. Like, yeah, it's, it's really weird. Um, there are protesters at the courthouse and I'm like, who are these? Go to work. I want to know, like, may, are they actually protesting this case or were they just like angry about something that day and just like all showed up? <laughs> like you know what i'm pissed we want ben and jerry's we want ben and jerry's um shannara is devastated that gloria has so many supporters since you know she stole her baby and all we flash to the kidnapping to relive that just in case we forgot about it it's been a Um, long two hours yeah 
Shannara starts sobbing on the stand. And again, like, I understand this is like so emotionally fueled, but I mean, she starts screaming at Kamaya. She starts screaming, I'm your mother. I am your mother. It's, and it, look, there's no handbook on how to handle something like this. It's completely right. But it's just like, it's awful. I hate it. Um, then she says that the only sentence she thinks is fair is death. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I think there are several other options here. Let's, yeah. Let's, um, can we take a two minute recess, feed this yeah. woman, and consider something? I, was like, else? I need everyone to calm down, please. <laughs> um, Okay, so now Gloria gets on the stand. We flash back to her breakup with Charles. What a douche. Um, She talks about the abuse she endured in her miscarriage. She tells the story of driving to the hospital and says she was on autopilot. Um, She felt like she'd lost everything and couldn't tell anyone. Um, Shannara is not having this. She looks fucking pissed, like sitting in the courtroom, like listening to this. Um, Gloria says she didn't intend to take the baby. She thought Shannara needed help. They were just talking, and then I guess... She just walked out of the hospital with the baby. Like, I don't understand where this like line of thinking was going. Yeah. Well, you know, like whenever because you're it's like, at... well, I didn't intend to kidnap the baby, but then I did. <laughs> well, you know, when you're at target and you see somebody distressed, so you accidentally steal your entire grocery cart full of food. It's like that. Nope. Um, no, you don't ever steal from target. They will find you. <laughs> Um, so Gloria apologizes to Shannara and Craig and says that she prays for them every day that she wronged them and she never meant to hurt their family. She says she's not a bad person. She just did a bad thing. And she hopes that someday they will forgive her. And then she starts to say Alexis addressing, but she corrects herself and calls her Kamaya, um, and says she's sorry. She hurt her too. Um, we see Kamaya at her attorney's office saying she feels really alone. Her attorney says he knows it's hard and he can't say that things are going to go the way she wants, but she needs to start building a new life. And then he slides her new social security card across the table saying that that should help her. Closing arguments. I know I should be on this prosecutor's side and all, but he's kind of a dick. Um, he asks for the maximum sentence under the plea agreement which sends a gasp to the courtroom like this isn't common knowledge right but he also he's like he's he he just really rips her apart he's like she's a terrible person she can't ever be different like it it was bad i was like "Mm, you're not driving the right point home um do 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 the defense give a statement. It's fine. Um, the judge says she's going to take everything under serious advisement and sentencing will be in a month. Kamaya's at work and Gloria calls. Um, she says working sucks and Gloria's like, go to college. <laughs> Kamaya says she's becoming an angry bitch and Gloria tells her she needs to go to therapy. There's no shame in that. And I'm like, why do I like this woman all of a sudden? Right? God. And we cut to Kamaya and Shannara on Mother's Day. And this is another thing that just, it just didn't sit right. I know. Oh, I know what's coming. So they meet for Mother's Day for lunch. And she just like sits down and is like, so what did you get me for Mother's Day? And Uh Kamaya is like, well, I'm paying for all of my own stuff now. And I didn't do anything. 
And so uh, Shannara's like, well, I bet you had enough money to send a car to someone in prison. And I was like, damn. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you need to chill out. Also, I would never ask my child what he got me for Mother's Day. If I don't get anything, that's fine. Like, right. I would. I, it's not my job to make him feel guilty for not buying me presents for giving birth to him. It's my uh, job to make him feel guilty. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, Gloria tells her she needs to keep trying with Shannara, but she just changes the subject. Um, she says she'll come to the sentencing, but Gloria says no. And then Kamaya says she put some money on her commissary for Mother's Day. And I was like, damn it. This is horrible. At the sentencing, she sentenced to 18 years, which is like poetic justice since Kamaya was 18. And, yeah, it was totally yeah. intentional. Mm-hmm. She's given time served of 500-something days, and that's it. She hugs her family and husband, and they take her away. Kamaya watches with her boyfriend on TV and cries. He asks her if she wants to scream or throw things, and she says no and tries to leave, but she just cries. Three months later, they're on a picnic at the river and her boyfriend's like, look, you need to move on. You need to leave this town, get out of here, go to college, make something of yourself. Um, then she's at work cleaning when she gets a call that something's happened to her grandfather. She rushes to the hospital and he's on what I think was life support. Okay. And she cries and says if he needs to go, she he can go. She loves him. And we jump to four weeks later. She's sleeping at the breakfast table and gets a video call from prison. And I was like, wait, what? They have FaceTime in there? (laughs) I don't even begin to know at this point. Gloria wants to know how she is since she lost her grandpa. So I guess he did die. Um, Gloria says again that Kamaya needs to go to therapy. Um, She asks how it's going with Shannara. And she says... um, and Kamaya says that Gloria is her mom and always will be. Um, Kamaya says she can get a scholarship to a school in Florida, but she's not sure. Gloria says it will be great because they'll be close to each other and she'll be cl- close to her birth parents as well. Um, Gloria says she's that Kamaya's got to go live her own life. And they sing their little song that the lyrics are, you and me, we go together like harmony. There is nothing better than what we have. That's L-O-V-E. Gloria goes back to her cell. Kamaya goes on a walk to sit by the river. And then we just cut immediately to the documentary about this case. So I'll let you take it away. All right. Well, that sucked. Yeah. This case was really hard for me. This case Um, is really hard. I told Sarah last night. It was difficult. It brought a lot of latent feelings about my own family Uh and things that have happened there. And it, it, it it was a lot. It was a lot. I told Sarah last night, cases that involve kids and cases that have no ending or like no resolution, those things just destroy me. Like, I don't know, a quadruple homicide, if they catch the person doesn't, I mean, it bothers me, but not in a way that sticks with me. Yeah. So given the movies that are coming up, which by the way, they announced like a whole other lineup of Rip from the Headline stories and there are some good ones. I'm excited. I know. They were like... Paul and Aaron are running out of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Look, Stacy Castor is going to be so good. This is that's going to be the palate cleanser that I need because that woman is cray cray. Uh huh. Um, but I tweeted at Lifetime last night and I said, with this week's and next week's movie being so devastating, can you throw us a bone and make a movie about the maple syrup or Anna Delvey? Right. <laughs> Either one of those, please. Right. <laughs> 
All right. So. Listen, lifetime intern that has to listen to us. <laughs> Get <laughs> I'm to work. So sorry. And if you send us your address, we'll send you a really good Christmas present this year. Yeah, we totally will. And also, we're giving you nothing but good material to take back to your bosses. You should be promoted in no time. Right. <laughs> Just don't take one of the ideas we've given you and and make it your own. At least give us credit. Like all we need is in the ending Chiron. We need like a and special thanks to. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Totally. So, um, I have so many sources this week. I don't even know that I can list them all. But the biggest ones I took from were USA Today, uh, mm-hmm. their website, which this was actually I think an article written by the Florida Times Union, but it was on USA Today um, called Kamaya Twenty Years Later. Oh. Uh huh. And then um, it's so bad. The Wikipedia article Kamaya Mobley. And then the Florida Times Union did an act did a six part podcast called "Have You Seen mm-hmm. Kamaya?" Um, that they released Ooh. right after Kamaya, like right after this all came out, leading up to the case, and then a follow okay. up after the like after the hearing. So, um, and that can you was... talk about her Ianla fix my life? I did not. I did not watch that Ianla, but I did see that it happened. It did happen, and I from what I heard from the Twitter Twitterverse last night. Apparently, it was a very, like, sad one. And, like, I've it was... I've not seen any young that was It was a sad. rough one. I heard it, but they were saying it was, like, extra, extra rough. Sad. She, was, she is, like, she is, like, so messed up, that poor girl. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what breaks my heart, is that this these people are, like, fighting over her, and she's just... She deserves better. Yes. All right. Okay, sorry. So, <laughs> again, I wrote, like, a narrative this week, so... It's one of those weeks. On July 10th, 1998, when she was less than 24 hours old, Kamaya Teresa Tasha Tasha Mobley was abducted from a hospital in Jacksonville, Florida. Her mother, Shannara Mobley, was a 16-year-old new mother who thought the woman in the flower print scrubs who was in her hospital room was a nurse. The nurses thought she was a family member of Shannara's. And for the next 18 years, Kamaya thought she was her mother, a woman named Gloria Williams. When Shannara was nine years old, she was molested for the first time by someone close to her family. No! This abuse continued for two years. So at the oh. at the age of 14, Shannara became pregnant for the first time, but this pregnancy resulted <gasps> in a miscarriage. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So um, after this miscarriage, she began to live a transient lifestyle. She'd spend some nights... Um, in the homes of different family members and then some nights on like friends couches um and she was basically raised by the streets and doing the best she could um at one point she lied about her age just so she could get work as a live-in babysitter um and she um used whatever money she had to just run the streets as much as she could um she knew this wasn't the way she wanted to spend her life and that soon she had to make a change. And as she was coming to this realization, the dizzy spells began. Mm. Shannara was pregnant. She was four months along by the time she figured it out. Oh, the father, um, was the, the father was a man whose mother lived across the street from Shannara's uncle with whom she started living when she was 15 years old. This man, Craig Aiken, was 22 when uh, when Shannara gave birth. 
Shannara's doctor scheduled Shannara to be induced. I say her name a lot here. Sorry. Shannara's doctor uh, scheduled her to be induced on June 30th, 1998 and told her to come to the hospital that day. But when the day came, Shannara refused to go. She said the baby would come when it was time, but the truth was she was scared. Other women in her neighborhood had told her horror stories of childbirth that left her scared. So she waited. Yeah. So here's the thing. If any of our listeners are pregnant and about to give birth, several things to not do. Don't ask anyone about their birth story. You don't need to know. Just don't do it. And don't watch one of those baby delivery shows. I don't think they have, like, when I was pregnant, it was a baby story. Oh, yeah. And so they they had that on TLC. I was also on bed rest, so I had nothing to do but watch this shit all day long. And so um, they had one right before... It was about maybe three or four weeks before I had a C-section about a woman who had to have a C-section with no anesthesia. Nope. That's canceled. (laughs) And so I was freaking terrified. And then I went in to have my C-section and only half my body got numb from the um, epidural. So they had to give me a spinal block as well. And I was freaking out. I was like, this is not happening. You are not cutting into me while I can feel you. And they were like, you need to calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We did not watch a baby story, but Sarah and I did watch a lot of I didn't know I was pregnant. (gasps) (laughs) And one episode sticks out to me. Um, A woman thought that she was constipated and she was having stomach pains at Taco Bell. And she gave birth in the toilet at Taco Bell. And I, it's the only one that ever, like, like I almost vomited because all I could think about was, it's Taco Bell. Like, oh, it's so, God, did they have to dip that baby in bleach? (laughs) Don't dip babies in bleach. You can give, you can give, actually, um, one of the doctors that Sarah works with gives us talk about how you can put bleach in a bathwater, but it's like a very minute amount for like when certain rashes are going around. Oh. Um, but it, I was, I was always like, don't bleach your babies. Like, <laughs> um, anyway, so on July, how I've managed to keep a child alive for 15 years. I will never know. <laughs> so 10 days later on July 10th, 1998, Kamaya Mobley was born. She was 8 pounds, 23 ounces at 6.55 a.m. 23 ounces? 13? Maybe it was 13. I'm now reading just what I typed. But I think I just copy and pasted that from information. 16 ounces is a pound. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it was 13. See, and now that you make me stop and think, like, math is a thing. But when I'm just reading straight ahead, I'm Ron Burgundy. I'll read whatever's on that teleprompter. 23 hours. Go go fuck yourself, San Francisco, San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I must have typed that then and not copy and pasted. That's so funny. (laughs) Or it might be three ounces at that point. Like, I might have just hit both keys trying to hit one of those. Could have been. There's no way to know. No. Oh, doing her so much justice today. That same day, a woman entered the hospital and began roaming the halls. She was described as a pleasant like you do. What that? Where was security? She was described as a pleasant-looking woman with a broad smile. She wore reading glasses and had shoulder-length hair curled just curled under just right. She wore medical scrubs. They were green bottoms and a floral top. And then, like, unlike your image of kidnappers and creepers, like, she didn't sneak around the hospital and, like, 
slink in the shadows and hide her face. She talked to people in the hallways and answered yeah. questions. Um, she watched through the nursery window and watched baby sleep. One of the nurses reported she watched one baby sleep for two hours. Guess who that baby was? I don't know, but why would you not call security? Where are the security guards? Listen. Do you know? Listen, I'll tell you all about my my. Apparently, this is all about me today. <laughs> when I had my son, <coughs> they put a hospital bracelet on me, and then one on his little ankle, and then they had to match them up anytime they took him from me or brought him back. Uh huh. And I was like, I've literally been holding him for three hours. How would I? How would this be a different baby? Yeah. <laughs> but they uh, were like, nope. We have to check before and when we come back. It, at Sarah's hospital, they have the hug alarm. And if the baby is not in like the right designated area, alarms go off. Um, and there are a couple of hospital, uh, like a couple of the rooms in the hospital that the corner of the room is out of range of the hug alarm. So the alarm oh, will no. actually go off while the baby's in the correct in the room. room. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is crazy. Well, I'm sure that it's, I'm sure that it's even better now, but that means when I had, I was, it was 2004 and I mean, they had that shit down to a science. I just can't imagine just somebody walking into a hospital, picking up a baby and leaving. Like, right, right. The fuck? Um, especially not one that's eight pounds and 23 ounces. <laughs> 23 ounces. So um, then she asked a nurse, um, if, like, she went to a nurse after she'd watched this baby and read the sign that said Baby Mobley and was like, has the Mobley girl given birth yet? Like, she was friends with the family. Well, I don't like that. Nope. So, she, um, when the nurse was like, oh, yeah, Shannara gave birth, she then went to the, a social worker and she was like, can you tell me what room Shannara Mobley's in? Because now she's pieced together the name when, of this. When was this? 1998 that's not that far removed from my birth experience and they don't tell you shit in the hospital <laughs> if you don't know where to go you're shit out of luck uh-huh. unless unless like i call down as a patient and say i'm expecting you so um she asked when the little mobley girl would be moved into shanara's room and none of these questions surprised anyone. Yeah, like, none of them were like, wait, how do you know it's a girl if you didn't think she was born yet? Right. Like, I guess they thought these are the kinds of questions like a family member might ask. So they just answered her questions. They directed her. Oh. They directed her to room 328 where Shannara was resting after giving birth. The woman in the flowerty, flowerty scrubs, flowerty. <laughs> flowerty scrubs walked in and told Shannara that she was a nurse. She sat and chatted with Shannara for nearly five hours. What the fuck? Uh-huh. Holding Kamaya and helping Shannara get all cleaned up and changed, like you mentioned. Um, there is just something so gross about that. I don't know why. It should not be as gross as I think it is, but it is. So when Shannara went into labor... Um, she was, like I said, she was living at her uncle's house. Her uncle drove her to the hospital and dropped her off and like peaced out. And so she called her cool, mom. Bro. She called her mom and her mom wouldn't <coughs> come. And then she called, um, she couldn't call Craig, the baby's father, because he was in jail serving a drug time for a drug charge. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So she was there all alone, like having to deal with all this at 16 years old. So finally, um, her Craig's mother, Velma Aiken, get got to the hospital um, about 3 p.m. that afternoon. So mm-hmm. just before this, Shannara was starting to doze off. And Gloria Williams, the woman in the flower scrubs, picked up Kamaya and said, I'll be right back. We need to check this baby for a fever. Um, because in 1998, no, um, thermometers weren't portable. Right. You had to you had to carry anyone you thought was sick to a specific thermometer location. <laughs> so I know I grew up in the olden days, but it wasn't that bad. <laughs> so... She um she takes Kamaya out of Shinara's room and she brushes past people in the hallway. One of these people is Velma Aiken, Kamaya's paternal grandmother. Um, and Velma is like, "Hey, isn't that my my new grandbaby? Like, can I?" Uh huh. And she's like, um, can I "Bring oh, that over here, please." We're just going to check on the baby, and that's when Velma notices that she has her purse, and she thinks it's odd, but she doesn't like stop and question her. That face is how I felt. So, I'm sorry. Another funny story. <laughs> My, I know this woman who writes books. She's actually opening a bookshop here in San Antonio that I want you to come visit me. Oh, you've told me about that. Okay. The Nowhere Bookshop. Yeah. Jenny Lawson. Yes. Um, she wrote Furiously Happy and Let's Pretend This Ever Happened. Um, but in Let's Pretend This Ever Happened, she talks about when she used to work for, oh, something where they had a daycare like in the facility and so they would have to do drills where somebody would have to try to sneak like a fake baby out of the building and somebody they would have to try to like catch them and they would never know when it was but if you ever saw like had saw somebody in the hallway with a baby you'd have to like stop them and like be like who are you why do you have this baby i would be so good at sneaking the fake baby out like i would want to be the guy hired to sneak the baby out yeah (laughs) it's like laser tag on a higher level right (laughs) But she, the way she tells the story is so much funnier than I do. So you should definitely read the book. But it's it, the the whole concept is just hysterical of like these grown ass adults trying to sneak a fake baby out of an office building. <laughs> so um, let's see. So Velma and Shannara sit and wait for the baby to come back. And about 20 minutes pass before they decide that it, they need to call the nurse and see like, why is it taking so long to take a temperature? Even in the old unportable thermostat thermometers. When do you have that old mercury thermometer? <laughs> right. Poor baby. <laughs> so, um, so they call the nurse, and the nurse is like, "What do you mean the baby's not in here?" And Shannara's like, "There, th- y'all took her away. Like, what part of this is hard for you to the understand?" <laughs> so that's when they realize that um, they thought the woman that was in Shannara's room was family and she thought she was a nurse and nobody had done what they were supposed to. Which was find out who she is and not let her take a baby out of the hospital. Right. Like maybe ask the 16 year old if she knows who the strange woman in the room is. Yes. Like that's maybe. a start. Maybe. Um, At like bare minimum. Right. So when the <laughs> nurses told Shannara that her daughter was gone, she... <laughs> I wrote, she became screaming. I think I meant to write, she began screaming. <laughs> she became screaming. You know what? I can't. It worked. That's, 
It she, works. She became a full 23 ounces of screaming, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she began screaming in the hallway, asking where Kamaya was. How could they let her baby be taken and what the fuck they were going to do about it? And this was met with... All valid questions. Uh-huh. And then with the absolute efficacy that we discuss every time this is said... They told her to calm oh, no, down, no, calm no. down, and watch her language. No, uh, no. And I wrote, "For real, her whole kid just went missing." <laughs> Twitter was so funny last night. Like when it happened, people were like, "Oh, she's just going to take that whole ass baby." Like, <laughs> yep. yep. So um, then Shannara tried to run for the elevator to run outside to the parking lot to see if she could Ow! see this Ooh, woman. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Don't do that. Right? Nope. That gives me residual pains. And I didn't even give birth naturally. The, the doctors told her it was best to just sit and wait for the police. So mm-hmm. then an hour passes before hospital security contacts the police. Well, that is that like mother's strength. Uh-huh. Like I remember when my son was in the NICU after, and I had like, I had a C-section. So they basically sawed me in half, took him out and then took him to the NICU. I didn't get to see him hardly. Right. And so they came into my room later and they were like, well, you can't go see him until you stand up and walk to this wheelchair. No, watch me. Yeah. Which was awful. It was torture, but I fucking did it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we'll get this shit done. (laughs) So, after the police canvass, like they come, they interview her, they canvass the area, and a police officer returns to room 328 to um, demand what no. he did with the baby, what she did with the baby. He, in fact, hits the bed, like for dramatic effect, and says, Tell me where that baby is. I will cut a bitch right now. So the. Also, I just want to, like, it makes me even matter because if she was white, they would not be doing that to her. Yes. Yes. And this was the charity hospital. So she didn't have insurance. So she went to University Medical Center where, like, you could get free care. And they were like, just fuck that all so much. Uh-huh. That's like, you think a woman that just gave birth, like, had time. I, I can't. Uh-huh. Okay. So um, after accusing Shannara of getting rid of her own child, Police turn their attention to um, 23-year-old Craig Aiken, Kamaya's father. You'd think he'd have an airtight alibi since he's in jail. No, but you see, he was serving time on a drug charge, as I mentioned earlier. And so drugs make you actually a superhero. He was able to teleport, steal that People child. often sell babies for drugs, right? <laughs> Every Happens time. all the time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the only currency you can use to get drugs anymore. It's a right, baby. Right, duh. God. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Like I hate all of these people. So, um, and he, as he tells the story, 10 officers showed up in his cell the afternoon his daughter was born. They led him to a separate room in the jail where they told him his daughter had been born and then immediately had been kidnapped. And then they questioned him. They're like, this him. is so great. JK! And uh... then they questioned him like, so... Baby's been kidnapped. What'd you do? Eight? He's like, I was here the whole time. <laughs> so, um, then he, they allow him to call the hospital where he can, like, to speak to Shannara. And oh, all Shannara could do was yell on the phone, you should have been here. You should have been well, here. This wouldn't have happened. He should have. Yep. 
I don't blame her for that. No, I don't either. He shouldn't have been in jail. Like, I just can't imagine how bereft this poor woman is. Oh, God, of course. Um, so as police continue their search, they uncover an important detail in the disappearance of Kamaya Mobley. There had been no photo taken of the newborn. It is the policy of hospitals nationwide that yeah. you take a picture as soon as the baby is born. Yeah, when they're all, like, gross and, like, dirty, they take their picture. And I have awful. a friend who that was her job as she put herself through police academy was she was the baby photographer. Oh, God, I bet she has some harrowing stories. Uh-huh. And now she's a babies cop, are, so. Y'all, babies are ugly when they're fresh out of the oven. You they're just said ugly. don't listen to people. When, <laughs> if you're about to give birth, mute 30 seconds ago until this moment. Look, no, your baby is going to be cute in like two weeks. It's going to be ugly when it first comes out. <laughs> so, um, my son looked like this little scrunched up little alien. And I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I, I thought I asked for a baby, please. I was like, I'm pretty sure I was cooking a baby. That is not a baby. <laughs> so, um, so police had no photo. But I didn't do love him dearly, so. Police had no photo of the baby to offer the public to ask for help in the kidnapping case. So instead, the search had to focus on the abductor. So police did the next logical thing and pulled the camera footage from the hospital. But, like, I think that the security camera was actually just an old woman trying to draw frame by frame what happened. Because it is the grainiest like bullshit picture you can imagine like i know that it was 1998 but this looks like 1938 technology like it's ridiculous are you sure it wasn't 1898 (laughs) she actually actually got away on a horse and buggy like yeah so makes um, sense police brought in their forensic sketch artist to meet with um shanara and velma and side note did i mention i'm taking a forensic sketching class no. Yeah, not this March, but next March. I'm going to um, to take an art class with that woman that I told you about in our Patreon episodes. I sent you the video even. Yes! She teaches an art class that's a week long, and it happens around, like, between our birthdays. So that's what I, I'm getting for my birthday next year is get to go take her Shut class. Up, that's amazing. So if excited. I could draw, I would take it with you, but I can't. So. Well, I can't either, but I want to be in the same room as this person. You can. I, I can. I'm really bad at drawing. It's my weakest skill. I will, if I had a pen, I would make you a picture, but. Oh, I would love that. Because I make one every week when you talk. I drew this tree. And I drew this that bear. That is a beautiful tree. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, you're underestimating how bad I am at drawing. Anyway, um, so now that it's all about me, let's go back to Shannara and her awful situation. Um, so they described to the artist, Velma and Shannara described to the artist, this woman who was about five foot five, 150 to 160 pounds. And, um, she was probably wearing a wig. And so this image circulated through the local news media. Um, and I, so I looked for this image and it looks nothing like her. So then the public's not even looking for anything close to the right person, which is just so sad, but they both like... Shannara was 16 and was recovering from giving birth and Velma had only gotten a glimpse of her. So neither one had like an accurate picture of her in their head for obvious reasons. Right. Um, They also asked them to describe Kamaya so they could draw draw an image (coughs) of the baby. And I don't know if you know this, but all babies kind of look the same for a few days. 
Like, yes, they're all ugly. <laughs> Your baby will be cute in a week, maybe two. They're like, she's got a, a nose, and I'm pretty sure there's have... a mouth, and it was so like you know a mouth. Your mouth? Finger... You know what your fingertips look like when you get out of a long bath? Uh -huh. Their whole body looks like that. Do you know why our it's fingers... not cute. <laughs> Do you know why our fingers look like that after a bath? So we can grip. Yes. I yes. learned that recently, and it made me feel so smart. <laughs> so, um, so, and like, literally, that's the only thing they had to go off of. A representative for the University Medical Center um, gave a news conference a few days after the kidnapping, and she said, quote, not only had Kamaya been taken before precautionary or personal photographs of her were taken, she was kidnapped before the state-required neonatal tests were performed. The state-mandated neonatal testing includes testing the infant for several inherited and metabolic diseases. Mm -hmm. um, and as you know, it is not easy to recognize illness in a newborn. Uh, in a newborn, unless they cry. Hopefully they'll run a fever, but sometimes they don't. Oh, sorry. Recognize illness in a newborn cry. Hopefully they'll run fever, but sometimes they won't. So like, well, because when they're newborns for like the first couple of weeks, they sleep a they lot. They sleep a lot. And they're very like, even listen, my son got colic later and I learned what lungs were. But <laughs> when he was a newborn, he was so quiet when he cried, he'd be like, eh. and I was like, oh, this is going to be so easy. And then God smacked me down. But um yeah they're very quiet they didn't they sleep a lot they just they don't they don't do a lot and so you there's no way to really know if he's lethargic because he's just tired right so um so they didn't even have like any blood work that they could pull a dna sample from like it just oh. was the hospital had done nothing the right way because the baby yeah. had been born like almost 12 hours before she was kidnapped yeah like, she should have definitely i mean they if I remember right, they did some of those tests in the delivery room. Yeah, they're supposed to. And then some they can't do for 24 do hours. His, but They did his footprints and his little his first heel prick. And then I had to take him back for his second one. Yeah, so the later. footprint was the only thing they managed to get. Um, so. They get, well, I was going to say, did they get our weight? But yeah, it was 8 pounds and 23 <laughs> ounces. <laughs> yep. Um. <laughs> So there was another problem that the spokeswoman went on to say put the baby in danger. Kamaya was born with an umbilical hernia, which is a condition where the intestines protrude through the abdominal mm -hmm. muscles of the belly. Yeah. Um, they said it was the size of a fist, but I don't know if it was the size of a baby's fist or a human's fist, because the size of a human's fist is like a whole baby. <laughs> well, baby. A human, human fist, an adult fist. Sorry. <laughs> They don't look they, human, but they, they are. <laughs> there are two settings. You're either a baby or a human. Those are your options. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, are we human or are we baby? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So they said that it's about the size of a fist. And then the news reported that if it ruptured and wasn't repaired by the time she was six months old, she could die. So I asked Dr. Sarah about this and she explained that the hernia doesn't exactly like rupture. It's a lot more complicated than that. And most of these umbilical hernias close on their own. So yes. it, I was going to say that I was like, they mostly close on their own. So it seems to me that that is more of a scare tactic for them to return mm. the baby. Um, I think so. Cause if it, I'm thinking if it's a, if they're, if it's what they think it is like a kidnapper, it's going to try to ransom the baby or something like that. 
you don't want a sick baby. Right. You want a well baby because it's going to make your job harder. And if the baby dies, then you don't get any money. Right. Unless you kidnap the Lindbergh baby, but that's a whole other story. Right. So the search was on. Law enforcement, airport ticketing agents, taxi and bus drivers, and anybody else who was actively on high alert for the missing baby only had two things to go off of. That inaccurate sketch of Gloria Williams and the sketch made of what um, Kamaya looked like. And like I said, it was like a, a cute tiny nose and eyes. There were definitely yeah. two of them. And like <laughs> a mouth that was kind of like mouthy looking. It she looked like... like she was in the bath for way too long. <laughs> and her nose is very cute and tiny. Her lips are very cute and tiny. Um, she looked and like she if has you frog just legs. dropped a bowl of SpaghettiOs. Like... <laughs> <laughs> She has frog legs because all newborns have frog legs, and it's the best thing. That's <laughs> so true. You, I when my son was a bit like little, I would just like pull him down and just like spring oh. back up. That was my own team. <laughs> oh, um, so fun. I'm sorry. I'm very sentimental this week. He got his first college uh, recruitment letters in the mail, and I'm just about to die. I'm not old enough for him to be going to college. Neither am I. I'm only 25. <laughs> so, um, five days after Kamaya's abduction, hospital officials put up a fifty thousand dollar reward for the safe return of baby Kamaya. Tips so not be- a ransom situation. No. So tips began rolling in. Police received a tip that a woman across town resembled the sketch of Gloria Williams. So they descend upon her um, and oh, subject her to a bunch of testing to prove the parentage of her baby. But afterward, the woman said she was actually really grateful that the police were so thorough <laughs> because if it had been her baby that was missing, she would hope they would have worked that hard to find her. So like, that's such a positive attitude that. to have. I get that. Um, so. And also she has nothing to hide. She's not like, Oh, this baby's not like, she's like, no, this baby is definitely mine. Right. Um, <laughs> So the story even got a segment on the 10th anniversary special of America's Most Wanted. Yes, I saw that. Um, Police eventually got to like the end of their rope and they made an official plea to the city of Jacksonville. Literally, they said, if you see a black baby girl, any black female baby at all, call the police. That's a lot. Uh Uh-huh. That's a lot. That like borders on like stop and frisk and shit like that. I don't. I don't totally like that. Yeah, I'm a little bit not okay with that. And in fact, I'm a lot of it not okay with that. But well, apparently, I also understand that they're frustrated at this point. But the, it's not a good look. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children also weren't really okay with this, and so they finally Yay. move in to take over the case. Good, good, um, good. Yeah. So they work with the FBI to create a profile of the abductor. <laughs> And man, it was so spot on. Are you ready? Oh, God. They they aggregated information that they had from, like, the hospital staff and from Shannara and Velma. And then they also um, referenced 176 previous abductions from hospitals. Um, so up to that point, that's how many had babies had been abducted from hospitals in the history of tracking this. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. The profile stated... That's interesting... On Twitter last night, people were saying, oh, this is too much like Carlina White. And somebody pointed out, like, they're both true stories right. for different people. <laughs> um, so the profile stated that the woman was of childbearing age, anywhere from 12 to 50 years old. So 12. Oh. We narrowed it down, guys. Well, we're patting ourselves on the back over this one i mean there's nothing like a really really smart 12 year old to fuck up your day but 
I know, I teach middle school. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, that she lives or works near the hospital, which wound up being not even close to accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, that she had a high school diploma and that there was a strong indication that she would have recently miscarried or lost a child. So they got like one and a half things right. Yay, good job. This woman might also be trying to save a marriage or relationship by faking a pregnancy and passing the baby off as her own. And oh, that two. hits the nail on the head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, the one. But the but the 12 to 50 like can we can we narrow that down just just a little bit, sir? Yeah. <laughs> because I think especially like since we know that it was a grown woman who walked out with her, we could probably rule out the 12 out to 12 year old 12 to 23 category cuz everyone said she looked yeah. late 20s or older. Like Right. Yeah. I'm I'm going to agree with you there. Oh, what a fucking hot mess this was. <laughs> so, um, nothing came of this profile. I know you're shocked. Amazing. So by July 10th, 1999, Kamaya's first birthday, law enforcement officials had tracked down lead after lead and handed out tens of thousands of flyers. The hospital had upped their award to $250,000 for the capture of the kidnapper. Numerous black women with nice smiles who were five foot five tall, around 150 pounds, had been questioned as people of interest. Um, and more than 15 babies had their footprints compared to those of Kamaya's. You know, I have such a differing opinion on this because I'm like, that's not okay for them to do that to a black woman who has a quote, nice smile. But then when there's a serial killer out there, I'm like, round up all the white guys, all of them, every single one and question them. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of them. I promise. (laughs) So, um, so in the two years leading up to Kamaya's kidnapping, 13 newborns had been abducted nationwide. And every one of those cases had been solved by Kamaya's first birthday, except for Kamaya's. Wow. So 17-year-old Shannara had gotten no information about her daughter's whereabouts, and Craig had now been charged with lewd, lascivious, and indecent assault on a child under the age of 16. So he had to serve jail time because of his relationship with Shannara. And it only came to light because this baby was kidnapped. Like, it feels like there were targets everywhere. That feels icky. I don't like that. Um, and so, um, none of these, that was all that these poor people had to show for their suffering. Um, two years after Kamaya's abduction on December 6th, 2000, the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office suspended its search for Kamaya Mobley and did not even tell Shannara that they had done so. Like two thumbs way down for Jacksonville. Y'all are up there with Wisconsin this week. Yep. Don't Um, stay that way. I will say, because I don't think I covered it in my notes, and if I repeat it later, oh well, um, that because of all the precautions that the hospital did not take, Kamaya actually reached a settlement with the hospital of $1.6 million. I mean, uh, Shannara did, um, which does not replace a baby, but at least they got something eventually until her daughter re- was, you know, was found. Um, and mm. we'll talk about that later. So um, every July 10th for 18 years, Shannara Mobley would buy a birthday cake for Kamaya. She would cut a piece for Kamaya, wrap it in plastic, and put it in the freezer to give to her in case she came home. She'd light candles and blow them out, saying a wish that Kamaya would be returned to her. And so for that is 
gut-wrenching. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, outside of Charleston, South Carolina, Gloria Williams was living it up with her one-year-old loving daughter. I say in air quotes. <laughs> um, so, one day in July of 1998, Gloria Williams appeared at the home of her mother, who was named Gloria Brown, holding her newborn baby girl. Grandmother Gloria, who went by Glow, was surprised to learn that her- Okay, but I love that. Glow right? is awesome. Right? For a grandmother. I was, I've been thinking lately, like, what would I want to be called as a grandmother? And I think Glow is in the top five now. I've always told my mom that when I have kids, they're going to call her Toot Toot. And they're going <laughs> to call my dad Pappy. And they are so not okay with this, which means I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> and then my best friend's mom, uh, Jessica's I forced mom. my father to be Papa. I forced him. That's funny. Um, my he was friend, like, I'll just be grandfather. And I was like, no, no. that's weird. Uh, my <laughs> I was like, you're Jessica's not the weird mom. benefactor that's going to send him to college. Like, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> my friend Jessica's mom always was like, well, well, if your mom doesn't want to be it, I'll be toot toot. Maybe one day I'll even find me a beep beep. <laughs> That's funny. So, anyway, I so. Hello. Like I also, nobody in my family is a Mimi right now because my grandmother was Mimi. So, right. I might take that one up again. Or I also like Lala. That I was like a new Lala one I heard. I like that. I think it's cute. So, Glow was surprised to learn that her daughter had given birth and not called her. Glow and Gloria spoke on the phone almost daily. Um, but Glow had noticed that. Um, they had gone a few days without speaking, and then Gloria appears with this brand new baby. Not um, suspicious at all. Nope. She told her that she named the baby Alexis Kelly Manigo, and she had been born at a hospital in Charleston. But I don't think Kelly is the actual name. I think my fo- my computer autocorrected that. I'll get back I to you. I was going to say Kelly. First of all, Alexis and Kelly don't go together. I typed it again later. Um... So, no, it is Kelly, but it's K-E-L-L-I. It so, still doesn't go together. No, Alexis Kelly. That's a, uh, that's a lot. To, it's a mouthful. So, they called her Lexi, um, and Gloria, Gloria had two other children before Alexis had. Um, they were Andre and Antoine, so they all had A names. Okay. Um, so... Gloria was 32 years old and, like I said, had two older sons. Her parents helped her repaint a room for baby Alexis, but I forgot the word room, so I'm going to read it as I typed. Her parents helped her repaint a baby for Alexis. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at this point, I'll buy it. (laughs) Or Lexi, as they called her, and furnished a crib for her to sleep in. They helped Gloria whenever she needed it. But she'd raised her two boys mostly alone since her now ex-husband had traveled for most of the year because of work. Mm -hmm. Um, Antoine and Andre, Lexi's older brothers, doted on her when they were around. They loved her and took care of her as well as their mom. Um, And when they were all together, they were a loving family. But as you mentioned, she did lose custody of her two sons. Um, So um, people would even say as she got older that Lexi looked like her mom. They had pleasant faces and beautiful, broad smiles. They were both short. Um, Gloria put Lexi in dance and cheer, and they were active in their church. Gloria worked hard to teach her to be respectful and to treat people with kindness. Um, Lexi was bright. She made the honor roll, and at the age of 10, she was actually invited to participate in a pre-med program at Wake Forest University. Her dream was always to be a pediatrician. 
And Wake Forest is no joke. No, yeah. It's not an I it's a little Ivy. It's not an Ivy. Right. But yeah, it's but a big that's deal. Where, that's where we got Tim Duncan from. Yeah. He came from Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, so how could a woman who raised this girl in such a loving home be the same woman who kidnapped Kamaya Mobley? Um, well, after Gloria's divorce, she entered a new relationship in 1997. Um, and this podcast that I mentioned earlier, um, the host whose name I've gone blank on, it's Eileen something. Eileen, I'm so sorry. I'm just going to pretend like we're best friends and that I've called you Eileen forever. So- Eileen is never going to hear this, honey. She's listening right now. Not even like Mm -hmm. as this plays, but like as we're recording. Eileen, if you're listening, please email us to tell us that I'm wrong because I'm not. (laughs) I'm now going to forward this to her. I'm going to find her name. (laughs) Um, So anyway, um, Eileen says it was, um, it was like most new relationships. It was good, but it wasn't better by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gloria said that there were times her boyfriend would beat her so badly she'd pass out from the pain. She tried to hide the bruises, but she couldn't hide it from her children. So they mm-hmm. went and told their father about the situation with her new boy with her new boyfriend, and he took Gloria to court to sue for custody. Okay. A, I'd like to excuse myself from this portion of the narrative. I know. And B I respect him for getting his children out of a bad situation. I don't respect him for not helping his children's mother get out of a bad situation. Right. That. Oh, God. I feel a little bit sick. Okay, keep going. So, Gloria obviously fell into depression from being beat over and over. and Yeah, that'll do that to you. Lost primary custody of the boys. Like, that didn't help the situation at all. Um, but her boyfriend promised to stop abusing her if she gave him a baby. So she got pregnant and things got better for her. She thought that this was her way out of all of that at last. And then she miscarried. And she chose not to tell anyone. She would convince him that she was still pregnant to keep herself safe. And then she stole away to the University Medical Center in Jacksonville, Florida, which was 200 miles from where she lived. She stood in front of the nursery window and stared at the babies thinking of the baby that she miscarried and she stared at Kamaya through the window, um, read the wristband that said, or read the sign that said baby Mobley and asked the nurse when the, um, when the Mobley girl was going to be taken back to her mother's room. She befriended Shannara offering her help and claiming to be a nurse. They made casual conversation. Then she stole her, whisked her away in her, in her car and began to dream of the happy life they'd had together in South Carolina. Um, but Gloria wasn't, I was about to say she wasn't crazy. She was temporarily crazy for sure. But she always expected that she'd be caught. But I also understand this. I understand being so desperate, desperate. for things to get better. Uh-huh. For for like, you know, you have this man telling you, I'm going to be better. Just give me a baby. She's like, fuck, I will give you anything. Right. To be better. Right. Um, and when she says anything, she means... Literally, in I will head. go and steal a baby if you treat me better. Yep. Which, you know, hindsight, I would be like, girl, get yourself out of this relationship. But I've been there. I know what it's like. Right. So she, um, 
Because she suspected that she'd get caught any day, she kept two diaper bags for Lexi. One was her diaper bag for everyday use, and then in a closet she kept another one that she told people was for if they ever took an unexpected trip. It had um, things like diapers, wipes, pacifiers, and formula. Um, and what it actually was was a bag for when the police showed up. It would have enough things to take Lexi oh back to her mom. Oh my god! See that? It's also like I hate this story. I hate everyone involved for different reasons. Uh huh. So this story sucks. When the police never came, she began to build this lie into the life that their lives became. She altered the hospital tags to say Manigo baby instead of Mobley baby. Um, she counterfeited a birth certificate. She stole a dead man's social security number. Okay, so funny story. Last night on Twitter, they were when we got to the point about the social security number, somebody was like, how has she been filing taxes? And I was like, you... <laughs> Kamaya has not been filing her taxes. She's a child. <laughs> well, then she's about to get arrested for tax evasion, right? That's the next step. <laughs> I, it just made me laugh. I was like, uh, do y'all not understand how taxes work? <laughs> so um, everything went fine, at least for Gloria, until Lexi began applying for jobs. Lexi began pestering Gloria for her birth certificate and social security card so she could get a job. Uh, but Gloria would brush it off. And so she'd be like, baby, you don't need a job. Focus on school. I'll buy you whatever you need. Mm -hmm. I'll pay for your hair. I'll pay for your nails. And then like, she really would just agree to pay for anything to keep her from asking for her records. So in the movie, Kamaya's or Lexi, now I'm so unsure, but her nail game was strong in the movie. And then when they interviewed her afterwards, it was strong too. And I was like, yes, I respect that. She's got strong nail game. Uh -huh. She should start an Instagram of just her nails. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but as you're well aware of, the 16-year-old is not actually looking for money. Like, yes, they want money, but they want the money represents independence. They want the independence. Money. Yes, yes, yes. So Alexis wanted to apply for a job at Shoney's and make her own money and buy her own things. Her stepsister, Erica, was friends with the manager. And... It was Shoney's. Uh-huh. In the movie, it was Shonda's. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, so, um, so Erica said, yeah, just come up to the, come up and you can interview. And so she went and um, the manager hired her as a cashier on the spot. Like, gave her a uniform and told her to come back the next day with her documents so she could start. Awkward. Yeah, so when Alexis got home that day, she demanded her birth certificate and social security card so she, card, so she could get, start working. Gloria broke down in tears and decided to come clean. Um, and then this is a quote from Gloria that was on that podcast that I mentioned earlier. Have you seen Kamaya? Mm -hmm. It was time to come clean. That's what I told her. I started crying and she was like, what's wrong? I said, sit down. I have to tell you something. We were outside on the porch. I told her, I said, you're not my daughter. I took you a long time ago and I know that she didn't understand. So Gloria grabbed her cell phone and Googled Jacksonville, Florida abduction hospital, 1998. Like that's the Google term she typed in. And um, Gloria showed Alexis the artist rendering of baby Kamaya. And Lexi was actually surprised at how much it looked like her. Um, and that's when Gloria was like, well, sh that's because it is you. And that's when kind of Lexi believed it was true. 
Um, at this up to this point, nobody had suspected anything. Everybody had believed that Lexi was Gloria's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gloria expected that this would be when Alexis went straight to the cops, but she didn't. She didn't go out searching for her birth mother. She appeared to keep her mother secret. Um, so then on August 2016, like a year and a half later, um, in August of 2016, a detective from the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office cold case squad received an email from the Missing Children's Center. They'd received a call from someone who graduated from Colton County High School in Walterboro, South Carolina, in May of 2016, with a peer named Alexis Kelly Manigo. The caller had known Alexis for two to three years and said that Alexis had told a mutual friend that she'd been kidnapped as a baby. The conversation came up, according to the caller, when they were all talking about college. She was said she said that she'd have to wait to go to college because she'd have to go through lawyers to apply. When her friend asked her why, she gave the full details of her abduction. The caller then told the sinner that the woman who raised Alexis was named Gloria Williams. This is really interesting to me. A, the only secret you can ever have is the, the one, one you, you have, have with yourself. yourself. Yep. <laughs> and don't ever tell a 16-year-old a secret. That's dumb. Right. And also, like, it, it also made me wonder about statute of limitations and it confirms that Gloria, to me, did not think a lot into this because right. she didn't get this far. Right. Because financial aid, working, all of that requires mm-hmm. documentation. She really thought that any day the police were going to come. Like, yeah, that was her deep down understanding of what was going to happen. So, so this cold case detective began like working furiously on the case. He began researching links between Gloria Williams and Jacksonville, Florida, which there weren't really any. Um, right. He found that Kamaya and Alexis had the same birthday. Suspicious. Maybe, um, but lots of babies are born every day. <laughs> he found I'm Alexis's... I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Right. He found Alexis's address and he found that there was no South Carolina birth certificate issued to Alexis Kelly Manigo. And then maybe she wasn't born in South Carolina. And then he just stopped investigating. Like he worked from early August to August 24th and then made no moves after that. Cool. So two and a weird flex, bro. Two and a half months pass. And on November 2nd, the detective receives another email, this time from the national center for missing and exploited children in reference to the Kamaya Mobley case. This time it was the ex-wife of a man named Wernoski Williams. Nailed it. Uh Uh-huh. She called. um, And as you know, Oski was um, Gloria's husband. The woman stated. that's right. right. That's who that is. So his ex-wife had called and stated that Gloria admitted to taking Kamaya Mobley from a Jacksonville hospital and renaming her Alexis Kelly Manigo, and that the two were living in Walterboro, South Carolina. Then another two months pass with no activity on the case. Do you know how fucking pissed I'd be at my husband for telling his ex-wife that I stole my kid? So I think that Erica is the one who told. Do you know how mad I'd be at my stepdaughter for telling <laughs> my husband's wife that I stole my kid? Right. 
So, um, so finally, <laughs> five months after the initial tip that renewed interest in the Kamaya Mobley case. That would be like the last person I would want to know about things that right? I've done wrong. It's right? my husband's ex-wife. <laughs> um, they made a move in January of 2017. When they, so the detectives show up in Walterboro, South Carolina, and they can't find Gloria and Alexis. They begin interviewing those close to them. They interview Lexi's stepsister, Erica, and they speak with Oski Williams. Um, so Oski tells them about how he came home one night to Gloria high and drinking on the front porch. And she confessed everything to him that night. Um, Hi. Yeah. So. But she was like all churchy and shit in the movie. Well, she was in real life, too. But, you know, sometimes you just you just got to burn your own holy sacraments. Oh, sure. Um, so, um, while they're doing all this investigating, the detectives finally receive a call from Alexis and, that Alexis and Gloria are in the hospital at the Walterboro, the hospital? Nope. In the lobby of the Walterboro Police Department. When police begin to interview Alexis, she is defiant. Um, she's not sad. She's not emotional. She's just angry. She wants to know who called in the tips because she wants to get revenge on them. Um, and so they're like, "Cool, it was your sister." <laughs> <laughs> it's your, it's your sister's mom, and uh, yeah. So when the police told her that they needed to get a DNA swab of her cheek, she crossed her arms and says, "You'll have to come back with a warrant." Um, um, let me guess. Then they did. Yeah, well, the judge was signing it as they spoke. Like they didn't even have to wait. Mm -hmm. Um, she said. My mom is not a kidnapper and ain't nobody going to tell me that. Except that that's exactly what the police told her because her DNA mm -hmm. matched Kamaya Mobley based on a parental parent swab, like a parental DNA swab. Um, so Gloria Williams was arrested in South Carolina and extradited to Florida where she was charged with kidnapping and interfering with custody. Mm. Um, she had previously been charged. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> And she had die. previously been charged with check and welfare fraud. So they say that this is a, like, a criminal history. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that. I, I do. I don't know that I'd pretend like this is the same thing as having a criminal record where you broke like robbed a bank or something. I maybe just be too close to this issue, but I would really, I mean, I, I know you would, um, I think I, I think it would depend on the level of it. Cause like a hot check is a misdemeanor C like, yeah, no, it, it would it depend is. on, it would depend on the level and what was right. stolen, et cetera. But right. At, at a, there is a certain point where I'd be like, yeah, that's a criminal history. Right. So, um, like if it goes all the way back to 1980 or something, I don't know. Right. So in February of 2018, Williams pleaded guilty to kidnapping. She admitted that she acted alone in the abduction. On June 8th, 2018, Gloria Williams was sentenced to 18 years in prison for the kidnapping of Kamaya Mobley. Kamaya mm. still communicates with her kidnapper, whom she still refers to as her mother. And yeah. so... Um, so in the little mini documentary they showed after the movie, she went to go visit her for the first time. Oh, really? Like, in prison, in because... Because she's considered a victim of the crime, she had to go through extra screening processes to be able to visit her. Wow. 
Um, so, 20 years after Kamaya's abduction, the Florida Times Union released this follow-up story about Shannara Mobley that I found through the USA Today, but um, it was really well put together, and it was really well written, and so I took this um, quote. The one where she says she wishes he'd never come back? Don't, don't steal my thunder. Mm. Um, so I took this quote from the start of this article. It says, quote, in January 2017, after the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children received two tips, investigators with the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office found Kamaya Mobley living in rural South Carolina. Kamaya was Alexis Kelly Manigo. Mobley was, ex- Mobley was ecstatic to hear the words she waited 18 and a half years to hear. We found your daughter. The abducted child was happy, she learned. She was healthy. She was living a good life. And that's where Shannara Mobley's storybook ending ended. So, um, and this is something that Sarah and I talked about last night is how complicated emotions are in a case like this. Yes. Um, Well, because obviously she's going to immediately side with the woman that she's known for 18 years and not the woman that she just saw for the first time ever in her whole life. Right. So according to this article, she has chosen to go by the name, um, Alexis. Um, and she still That's so interesting since- Mine was so different. Right. Um, She still loves the woman who stole her from the University Medical Center. She still calls her mommy. They talk on the phone. They write letters. She Mm -hmm. loves that woman's family, including the two brothers she was raised with, as well as her abductor's parents. And she is building a relationship with her biological father and his wife. Yeah, it seems the main sticking point is Shannara. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know if that's because she would... Like, she didn't have a father figure, really, except her stepfather, like, growing up. And so it's easier to put someone in that spot. That's what I thought, like, the psychology behind it. That's what checked out the most to me. Because I think maybe in her head she's having to, like, and maybe with the encouragement of the people trying to almost manipulate her emotions, she thinks she needs to take someone out and put someone in, whereas really they need to work to, like, all be... Right. Which is hard. Like, yes, you're never going to like the woman that kidnapped your baby and raised her for 18 years. But also, you have to accept you have that this, she exists. You have this young woman that was raised by that person. And, and the feelings there are so complicated that you have to just, I don't know. Right. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. So, um, Monigo's relationship with Mobley is tenuous at best, according to this article. They don't currently speak, um, and, um, let's see, when Mobley learned that Alexis was alive on January 13th, 2017, she likened the joy to giving birth all over again. She said it was one of the happiest moments of my life. And I, I don't have anything else to follow up on that. Like, I don't know what they meant by liking it to giving birth again, but I guess they were saying it's like she had her baby all over again. Yeah, probably. Um, So then Shannara learned that Alexis had known for a year and a half before the arrest that she'd been kidnapped and made no move to right things. And that's really what destroyed Shannara. She'd always dreamed of being reunited with her her daughter and having this big happy family, but that hasn't been the case. But I think that to expect that from her is unfair. Right. I think it's unfair for, like, if I 
told my son like tomorrow oh by the way i stole you which i didn't <laughs> right um, no you can't deny him i don't think you had any help making him he, he looks like you yeah. like <laughs> he is 100 percent your dna um so but if i told him that i it's unfair for the other people to expect him to like turn his back turn me in and go running to them and like you're my real family like that's not fair right but it's because also, it's so much more complicated than that it's also so hard when you're not in the position to like like when you're in that position to put yourself in someone else's shoes and mm-hmm. i can get that too like i'm not defending shanara i'm just saying i can understand no. that line of thought i get that but i also think some of the things that she said just in stuff that i've heard i'm like and well, i mean we'll do you really think that she would I don't know. She said, um, so on Mother's Day 2017, four months after Mowgli learned her daughter was alive, her daughter sent two Mother's Day cards to the Duval County Jail where Williams was being held. Um, But she did not send one to Mowgli. And Shannara, like, took that really personally. She felt like that that was Alexis not even trying to have a relationship with her. And I She doesn't need to try. I get that. She's the kid. You, you're aware I'm not the person who did this, right? Yes, I know. <laughs> but she doesn't, like, she doesn't need to try because she's the child. The onus is always on the parents. Right. If my son's father was still alive, I would not force him to send a Father's Day card. Right. Because the onus is on the parent. It's right. not on my child. And then here's Or where, anybody else. Here's where I can't really... Like, I can't even find a defense for Shannara coming up. So, Mm. 2018 passes. The same thing happens. No card, no call, not even a text message. So, Mobley has now blocked her daughter from her cell phone. She said, I don't deal with respect. I wish they'd never found her. I don't deal with disrespect. And I'm like, that's not disrespect. That's being confused AF. It's not she to you. She's your daughter. To her, you're a stranger. Right. You are a person she has never met and never gotten to know. And I think it would be almost detrimental to the way she was raised if she was just like, Mom, you know? Right. You teach your kids to be appropriately fearful of strangers. I don't know. So, um, it's so complicated. I don't like it. She says, this is what Gloria and Kamaya brought upon my children because she has four children. Additionally, she said, lump her in with, mm, uh okay. I truly feel it in my heart. I just wish she would not have come back. I really do because she came back. This has made a mockery of my life. So it's become an all about me situation is the unfortunate truth there. Um, she said, I'm still lost. I don't have a relationship with my child. What did I gain? Nothing. She said she hopes that Williams dies in jail. Then maybe, maybe she and her daughter will have a relationship. You can't put that on her. That's not fair. And I can tell you just because you said that in an interview, that if she dies in prison, you'll never hear from her. Oh, yeah. Um, as long as she can call her and go see her, that's her mama, Mobley said. I'm about to start calling her Alexis so it won't so I won't be hurt. I'm serious, I'm serious. I don't have to 
I have to start doing things where I don't hurt no more. And then she looks into the camera during this interview and she says, if you want to be Alexis, be Alexis. If you want to be her child, be her child. This is a battle that I can't keep fighting. This is a battle that nobody is going to win. Well, I agree with that last part. Yeah. So, But also I think that they've, that different players in this have made this a battle that nobody's going to win. Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, they all should have, like, the second this happened, they all should have called a fucking therapist. All, yep. Every single person. Yup. Um. And I'm sure, like, the state, it, the state should have provided them with several therapists oh. and some family therapy and some shit, like, I mean, they've done enough, clearly, so... <laughs> Um, it's just so sad. It's so sad because there's this poor girl in the middle that's just, from what I can understand, is struggling, like, really hard. Absolutely. Who doesn't know who she is and probably never will. The thing that really got me was when Robin Roberts asked her, what do I call you? And she was like, just whatever. My family in this te- in this state calls me this. My family in this state calls me that. And I'm like, that's not okay. Right. You get to pick you your identity to be, right now. You need to be who you are. Right. Pick a whole new name. Like who, like, fuck these people. Like, do your thing. Ugh. Do you know the prevalence of identity issues right now like that where people, where, especially where children are not taught how to claim their own identity is why mm-hmm. in my classroom, all of my students pick their own nickname and that's what they call them by. That's what I call them by. So oh, they so get cute. to be the person that they want to be starting at 11 years old. We did that in my French class. We, in my French yeah. class, she made us all pick French names and she would call us by our French name. We did that in Spanish, but, um, mm-hmm. and my kids have really gotten all in on it. Like anytime they turn in a paper, it's their name, you know, like that. Well, is and again, name. it's, it's different now. Like it's different now than it was when I was in school. And so what you're doing is completely different and more admirable, but also it was a tiny step back then. Right. Oh yeah. Absolutely. To get you to choose your own identity. But not that it's related to this case at all, but I know that young people are not taught how to fight for their own identity. You know, like we're still very much in a world where children I mean, should be seen and not heard in many cases. I think this is completely related to this case. I think she needs free counseling. Don't listen to me. If you're listening <laughs> to this, Kamaya slash Alexis, don't listen to me, but she needs to, she just needs to like forget all these people and be who she wants. And then she can figure out who she wants in her life based on who supports her. And it actually seems like her father, like her birth father is incredibly supportive of her and they have a pretty good relationship. So that's yes. one good thing. Now through this all her, um, the, the Mr. Manigo, the man who she was raised to think was her birth father has tried to take as much media attention as he can and talk about what a good father he is. Charles. And she went on a giant tirade on Facebook about how he didn't even like send full child support checks. And she said something like, um, just to let you know how good a man he is, he works for a car dealership and my grandfather had to give me my first car. So don't let him lie to you. Don't let nobody lie to you. And I'm like, well, she found her voice there. I mean, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> So she's finding it. It's just, it's just being consistent. Right. And honestly, the one lesson I've learned in my 20s slash late 20s is that, <laughs> that I would, that I would pass along to my younger self is that you can choose a relationship with whoever you want. It doesn't matter how they're related to you, how, you know, whatever you, you choose that. You don't have to have that. Um, one of the big themes of the giver 
whenever I get to teach it is that fam- oh, I love the giver family is who you love. It's not necessarily who you live with. A hundred percent. So um, I love that whole series, even though towards the end it gets a little weird, but it, I love the whole series. Yes. <laughs> well, we are now over two hours, so we need to go ahead and shut this oh, thing smoke. down. Okay. Um, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Uh, next week, we're going to watch the Chris Watts movie. Um, it's going to be awful. It's going to be awful. Look, my part's not going to be awful. I'm just going to talk about how terrible Chris Watts is. Yeah, I know. It's gonna be I'm great. thinking about me. You know, I'm always thinking about me. It's going to yeah, be awful. So here's, here's the thing. Like, I, I want, I, I'm hoping that we can be more on the drag Chris Watts for being a terrible person and less on the murder of the family annihilation. Although we will have to like get there, but I'm hoping we can stay there a little bit of time. Instead of a lot of bit of time. I watched like I said, enough I'm documentaries happy to give on you this. two hours next week and me not have to do anything. I wa- this is one where I watch the, the documentaries on this and I cry. Yeah. Because it's awful. It's awful. Um, so come back. It'll be fun. It will be a blast. We'll try our hardest to make things funny and to keep things light. The movie does look really good, though. I'm, I'm actually does. impressed. It does look it does. really it's good. It's got a good casting, too. It does have a really good casting. So also... Real Chris, Chris Watts, not hot. Guy playing Chris Watts, uh-huh. super hot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, um, make sure you find us on the Instagram at Lifetime Sentence. Yeah. And on the Twitter at Life Sentence Pod. Yeah. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Lifetime Sentence. Um, you can email us at uh lifetime sentence podcast at gmail.com and you can find show notes and other things at lifetime and please join us on the patreon we're having a good time we are mixing some things up and i'm trying to figure out what i'm gonna do well we're about to go to romania so hey i've always wanted to go to romania well you might not so. after i tell you today's story okay so patreon.com slash lifetime sentence to figure out whether you want to go to romania or not absolutely and until then um, oh, rate, review, subscribe. We love yes, you. Please, please, please. And don't forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone and dick punch the patriarchy. Bye. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.